Hello and welcome to Wiki Voices, episode 48. Today we're going to be doing something interesting. We will be editing a sound file. And this is a solo episode, so it's just me. Sorry. The sound file in question is by Emmy Destin, a very famous operatic soprano. It is from 1915. And she is singing the song from Antonin Dvorak's Rysalka, Mishku na Nebi Lubokum. I've probably mangled that. Also known as the Song to the Moon or Lieblicher Mond. This is a rather good choice for restoration, as, first of all, it is very good quality for a song from 1915. The digital transfer is by Tim Ecker, who is probably the best transfer of cylinders and early records that offers his work under a free license. And as this is a training episode, we didn't want anything with too many problems, or it would just get long and dull. This episode will teach you the basics of restoration, but advanced work will probably be something you have to learn for yourself by doing lots of basic work. In any case, this is the Song to the Moon from Antonin Dvorak's Rysalka. Thank <laughs> you. 
quite a performance, I think you'll agree. However, there are three major errors, two of which are fixable, that can be heard in this recording. The first is the occasional clicks. Let's hear a couple of those. Those occasional popping noises are clicks. Let's listen to one that has had some of the hiss removed so that they're a bit clearer. As you may have guessed from that last example, the second fixable problem is the hiss. We'll be using an improved method to fix a hiss in the final recording, which I'll teach you later. However, this version has the advantage of bringing out the clicks as much as possible, which is always an advantage in trying to point out a subtle feature of a soundtrack. They are a bit quiet in this song. If you didn't hear them the first time, just listen again until you do. The final of our three problems is a certain amount of distortion and crackle when Emmy Destin lets loose. Emmy Destin is a very powerful soprano, and when she lets loose, the recording equipment of the time sometimes had trouble catching off everything of her. In this particular case, it's not particularly bad, and a lot of it's going to be fixed up when we remove the hiss. However, there's going to be some that we can't fix. Let's listen to a little bit of that crackle and minor distortion. We're going to start with clicks. Now there is one thing I should mention here. Audacity does have a click removal tool, but unfortunately it's not particularly good and it often causes more problems than it solves on these early recordings. It is good for modern recordings, though. For the rest of this recording, I'm going to occasionally need visual aids. These will be uploaded with the episode and will be put on a special page. I will direct you to figure one, figure two, and so on when the time comes up. So if we will look at figure one at the moment. This is a view of Audacity, a free licensed audio editing program, in what is called Normal View. You get this by pressing Control 2, at least in Windows. You will need to adjust the instructions accordingly if you are using this in a Mac, Linux, or other such operating system. I have drawn a red arrow on this, which is pointing to a click. Many clicks can be seen by visual inspection as a extended line going above or below the rest of the sound. Very loud clicks tend to appear as long lines reaching far above and far below the image of the waveform. Figure 2 and Figure 3 show other clicks. Note that not all clicks can be seen by visual inspection. In such cases, you will have to either ignore the click or play around until you can isolate the click. Also note that not everything that looks like it might be a click is, in fact, a click. It may be a consonant like K or T. Listening to the file is always necessary before removing a presumed click. Once you have found a click, the way to do it is illustrated in figures 4, 5, and 6. First, Zoom in a bit more. 
This can be done using the keyboard shortcut Control-1 or by going to the View menu and choosing Zoom In. This is two zooms in above Zoom Normal, which, as said before, you get to with Control-2 or Zoom Normal under the View menu. Once you've zoomed in a bit more, which you will see in Figure 4, use your mouse to select the area you want to remove. You'll want to remove the peak and a little bit to either side of it. See Figure 5. Now press Delete to delete the highlighted section. Finally, it's necessary to listen to the section around the removed click, because occasionally removing a click can cause more problems than it solves. Also, sometimes a click that isn't very easy to spot is next to something that looks like a click, and you will need to listen to spot this. So let's listen to the section before and after. And after? It would appear our click removal has been successful. I'm now going to pause the recording and remove the clicks from the rest of the file. Because of the way we're going to remove the hiss, it becomes slightly more difficult to remove clicks after we remove the hiss, so it's better to get it all done first. The human voice has a complex timbre, and trained opera singers do tricks with their voice which can be very complex. As such, I've not been able to remove every click from the Rosalka piece. Paradoxically, sometimes removing a click can actually make the click louder, or just ruin the voice. So, sometimes you have to leave them in. However, I've removed every click that I think should be removed, and that I noticed. And if I didn't notice it, it's likely that the listener won't notice it either. The recording goes past the part where the music ends, and in that section I haven't edited it, because the clicks and so on that are in that section will be useful for the algorithm when it's trying to remove the hiss. Which brings us to our next section, removing the hiss. Audacity has a fairly good algorithm for noise removal, and for a modern recording, you wouldn't need to use much else than that algorithm. However, this is not a modern recording. It's from 1915. The hiss is much more prevalent, and we're going to have to take a couple steps to make sure that not too much of the original sound is removed, as well as the hiss. What we're going to do is to split this into two tracks. On one of these tracks, we're going to remove the hiss. The other is just going to be the one we have now, with the clicks removed, but no other changes. We can then tweak the volume of both tracks, and if we're careful, we can make it that the hiss is much reduced, if not gone, but Emmy Destin's voice isn't damaged. At least, not that anyone can notice. Here's how we do this. Under the Edit menu, choose Select All. See Figure 7 if you can't find it. You can also click Ctrl-A, which is a keyboard shortcut. We now want to duplicate the selection. We can either choose Duplicate from the Edit menu, see Figure 8, or we can use Ctrl-D, the keyboard shortcut. You should now have two identical tracks, as in Figure 9. Click anywhere on one of the tracks, and it will unselect them. Now we need to find a bit of typical noise to put into the Noise Removal tool. This file is convenient because it has noise at both the start and finish. We're going to be using the bit at the finish because it also has a few clicks. However, to make this extra good, we're also going to then go, go back 
take a duplicate of the unedited version and apply the noise removal from the beginning. By blending these three tracks together, we can get an even better file than we would with two. Okay, we need to select a section of noise. Preferably you want at least um, half a second to a second. However, it's important that we don't include anything that we want to leave in, such as a bit of the um, fading noise of the trumpet or the last echoes of the song. So make sure to listen to the section you've selected before moving on to the next step. Let's have a listen now. That's a bit too much. You can hear the last note fading away. Let's try again. That's better. There might still be a tiny bit of last note in there somewhere, but if we removed anything more, we wouldn't have enough left to work with. Since we're blending in the original as well, it's probably safe. With the section of noise that you want to remove selected, go to the Effects menu and choose Noise Removal, as seen in Figure 10. This brings up the box seen in Figure 11, which I've added a couple notes to. For now, click Get Noise Profile, which I've numbered with 1. This closes the box, but it stored the noise you've selected into memory. We now need to select what we want to apply the noise removal to. In this case, and indeed in most cases, this is going to be just one of the tracks. The easiest way to select just one track is to click on one track. It's probably easiest to choose the bottom in this case. Then click Home twice. This sends the cursor to the start. Hold Shift, then press End. This should select the entire track. If this doesn't work, go to the View menu, choose Fit in Window so that you can see the entire track at once, then click and drag to highlight the entire bottom track. You may then return it to normal view if desired. Once you have one of the tracks selected, go to the Effects menu and choose the Noise Removal tool again. This next part requires a little bit of experimentation. The goal is to use the slider bar, labeled 2 in Figure 11, to find the best balance between the two possible problems. If you remove too little noise, you get metallic distortions that sound like this. However, if you remove too much, in the most extreme cases, you get something like this. The Preview button, labeled 3 in Figure 11, will help you a bit here. If you hear metallic distortion when you click the Preview button, your slider is too far left. Start fairly far to the left, and move right if you continue hearing metallic noises when you hit the Preview button. Once you think you have it right, hit the button labeled Remove Noise, labeled 4 in Figure 11. You should now listen to it through without any other tracks. To do this, click the Solo button, seen in Figure 12. This will play only the tracks with the Solo button clicked. It turns out that once you've removed the jaggy metallic sounds, you end up with a track that sounds like this in this case.
not ideal. Such problems usually indicate that you chose the wrong noise for the noise reduction sample, or that the original track had quite a lot of static. Unfortunately, the latter is true in this case, which is why we're going to be using three tracks, not just these two. However, note that this already does improve the original file. Have a listen to this, which includes that track carefully blended in with the original. Just to remind you, the original had much more static and sounded like this. Already, we begin to bring out some of Emmy Destin's voice from the static that overwhelms it. The next step is to make several more tracks using other parts of noise found in this file. This will not always be necessary, however it is in this case, because there is quite a lot of static. What we do is we go back to the track that only had the clicks removed from it, no other adjustments, and we select it and duplicate it. We can then go on and remove noise from it again several times, always making sure that we keep one track that only had the clicks removed from it. We'll need that to blend in with the rest of them. I'll pause here and continue in a moment. I've now created several more tracks as seen in Figure 12. As I said before, for most files, just the one will be enough, and you can blend that in with the first one. However, this one had a lot of static, so several were needed, to just to try and find the average that brings out the original a bit more. Still, unless one does the entire restoration in advance, it's very hard to tell whether something is going to be a perfect teaching tool or might have a couple problems that you'll have to just go off and fix by yourself. So, for our final step, we need to tweak the volume of the various things and try to combine it into a perfect, or at least as perfect as it can get, sound file. On figure 13, which is probably more complex than the one that you'll need to be working with, you will see several sliders which I have labeled with a 1. Well, several ones. These are the volume sliders. You combine the file together by tweaking these, moving them back and forth, and trying to figure out what volumes to use for the original and the restored and so on to get the best mix. Don't skimp on the original. If you use too little of the original, you lose a lot of the charm and something of the timber that just sounds wrong. I find a good place to start is usually about minus three decibels for the original and minus six decibels for the restored version. This presuming that you only have the original and a hiss-reduced version. You can then go on and mix and match this as necessary for your file. Finally, make sure to listen to your file through. You may have missed something in the very loud sections of your file that isn't as apparent in the quieter sections. One thing you must not do is to overblow the speakers. This can be checked by looking at the area marked 2 
in figure 13. This tells you the volume of the sound while it is playing. And if it goes too high, a red line will appear at the far right indicating that you've gone too far and distortion is going to have to happen in order to play that noise. That's bad. If that happens, go back and reduce the volume for every track by three decibels or so. So, the track that we were working on today, was it a complete success? No. Did we manage to improve it, however? Yes. Let's close by listening to this track. Thank you all. See you next time.